Good morning, y'all. Welcome to my house, Rosie on the House, where we're here this hour to talk about anything you'd like to visit about, ask about, inquire about concerning your house, home, castle, or cabin. I've been building and remodeling Arizona homes from Tucson to Ehrenberg to Flagstaff to Eager and every place in between since 1972. If you've got a project you'd like to tackle, give me a call. Let me see if I can't use some of my experience over all these years to give you a tip, maybe a trick of the trade, maybe a brand name recommendation of a particular product or tool that might make the job a little bit easier. Give us a call, one 767 4348 What are you trying to tackle around the house, home, castle, or cabin today? Give us a ring, one 767 4348 We publish an email newsletter that goes out every single Thursday, rosyonthehouse.com webpage. You can subscribe to it there. It tips you off on what we're going to cover. And for those of you that received that email newsletter this particular week, you knew we were going to start the show this morning talking about how good a team looks. The Great American Seed Up, which is going on right now, uh, which we talked about the entire eight o'clock hour. If and it's like if you're into gardening, you've got to get to the Great American Seed Up, located uh, at North Phoenix Baptist Church today till four o'clock. Get there. By three at the latest. You also knew that we would have somebody on air in the 9 o'clock hour talking about tax credits and incentives, rebates, uh, for air conditioning and insulation. I think if one-tenth of you that should take action on the 9 o'clock hour do take action, we're going to have a lot of very, very thankful people. We will have done our part in becoming your best friend because there are real good incentives right now for you to contemplate upgrading insulation, air conditioning, windows, doors, and everything else having to do with energy conservation. It all has to do with a tax bill that was passed earlier this year that incentivizes you to increase the efficiency of your home, which is going to result, if you do it right, it's going to result in a much better quality of life and a much cleaner home run more efficiency more efficient forever october it's national kitchen and bath month and uh, you know Romy, last hour we were talking about some of the innovations in our home uh the last just in the time span i've been involved in building since i was you know on a concrete crew in the 70s a framing crew in the 70s Lathing and drywall crew in the early 80s. How much has changed in that amount of time? Well, let's talk a little bit about the kitchen and changes. Your oven started as a Pennsylvania fireplace in 1743. Invented by no other than our own Benjamin Franklin. You may have known them or heard of them. It's called a Franklin stove who basically took the open hearth fireplace and enclosed it into a cast iron cabinet that did everything the fireplace did. It warmed the room, 
but it multiplied, it stacked the functions. Now this metal cabinet has a cooking and warming surface on top. It has a door that greatly reduces the smoke and the ash inside your home, improving the indoor air quality. And today, we have taken that to the most advanced level of conduction, convection, gas, uh, self-timing, self-cooking. I mean, the innovations continue just to keep rolling out. And people are surprised when we meet them in our remodeling company about a kitchen remodel, about what the expense is. And I, I always... I always tell them, look, why don't, why don't we go shopping? Uh, let's just go shopping appliances to, to, start, the, to start the event. Uh, and people are overwhelmed. Well, I, I thought I wanted, you know, I thought I wanted an oven. Okay. Well, what do you want that oven to do? <laughs> do you want it to read the skew cards on the food you're getting ready to put in the oven and automatically adjust the cooking temperature and the cooking time and ring a bell when it's all done and ready? Um, do you want a sous vide oven? Do you want a gas? Do you want convection? It's the, the limit, the, the, the choices are limitless. And where we would be building a home in the 70s and 80s, and in our, in our budget, we would allocate, you know, $6,500 for our kitchen appliances. That was a refrigerator. That was a dishwasher. <laughs> that was an oven. That was a stove. That was a microwave. That was an exhaust hood. Well, anymore today, with what we've got engineered into our appliances, you're not going to get the oven <laughs> for $6,500. So... Start by experimenting with kitchen appliances to give you an idea. We have a three-way metric to a spreadsheet to help you figure out what your kitchen remodel should cost you. Uh, people are initially surprised, but when we finish shopping, I mean, even cabinets, what wood species, how much hardware do you want in behind those doors and drawers? How many doors do you want? Boy, on the bottom cabinets, we're all but doing away with doors anymore. Virtually every base cabinet is predominantly pull-out drawers. Now, at the very least, it's a pair of doors with pull-out shelving. Makes so much better use of the space. It makes things so much easier to access and get to. Soft-closed door, soft door hardware, soft-closed drawer hardware, full extension guides that let you get all the way to the back of the drawer. All these things that we just didn't even know. Under-counter lighting, toe-kick lighting that's motion-activated. So if you walk in the kitchen early in the morning, before the sun's up, start your coffee, you've got toe-kick lighting that comes on and eliminates the floor so you can more easily move about and get situated. So the choices are limitless. <laughs> and uh, National Kitchen and Bath Month of October is meant to try and bring those home to you and enlighten them to you. Uh, I, I can, honestly, if I want to be completely transparent, I can feel a little guilty sometimes for what I tell people they're going to spend in their kitchen. But I was very, uh, very uh, encouraged to see that uh, the kitchen at the International Space Station, it's really small. It's a really small kitchen.
$150 billion. Mm. <clears throat> so there you go. As a remodeler, it made me feel better. <laughs> All right, Romy, where do you want to go from here, buddy? one 4348 That's one 888 for you We'll start first with Bob. Good morning, sir, and welcome to the program. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, got a question for you. A couple weeks ago, I had uh, Arizona 811 come out to um, mark my utilities because I had uh, I needed to remove a trump uh, or I'm sorry, a stump, a stump grinder. Okay. And um, I, I, I'm, they asked if you have any specific requests. I was like, yeah, don't don't mark my pavers in my driveway. And um, <laughs> of course they did. So, yeah, so I have a yellow polka dots all over my uh, pavers in my driveway for a stump that was just only ground out for a landscaping project. Any suggestion on a product to remove the polka dots? You know, a couple things, Bob. And and this is a paver driveway, not a concrete driveway. Yeah, it's pavered. Okay. Uh, do you know how old the paver is? Yeah, uh, they're eight years old. Do you know what brand they are? Yeah, they're they're Phoenix pavers, and okay. I think I know where you're going at. I do have spares. <laughs> okay. Well, that's going to be the easiest, and they actually make a tool that slides in beside it, and as you lift the handle, it closes the clamp and lifts it straight out. Then you just drop another one right straight in. But before you do that, Bob... I would tell you to get a map, a scaled map of what you've got there and transfer that information onto a piece of paper you can file away. We call that as-built, and it kind of tells you exactly where that line is should you ever need that information again. Congratulations to you uh, for calling the stake company to get it staked out before you tried to do anything at all. That's the responsible way to handle it that is a free service it's available to everybody but uh you would wish that they would honor your desire they they could have just put duct tape down <laughs> all right thanks guys okay man and you can you can and on a on a you know it's not going to hurt anything to just uh go uh get a paint remover it may discolor that paver just a little bit but you know uh Try try a paint remover first because you're going to replace the paver, that one particular paver in the in the end possibly anyway. Try paint remover first with a little steel brush and see if that doesn't pull it out. That's probably what I would do, and then if that didn't work, I'd go ahead and replace it. We appreciate the call as we clear a line. That's your opportunity to uh, jump on at one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight one triple eight Rosie for you Caroline. Uh, Carolyn is next. Uh, we're going up on the roof. Good morning. Good morning. No, I haven't been on the roof since <laughs> my late 70s. <laughs> but there is a situation on my roof that um, I was aware of it when we bought the house. but And I should have done something at the time. But we had a terrific storm come through this part of northeast Mesa near Falcon Field. And it tore out a lot of trees and branches, and the rain was coming horizontally in it. And uh, I have a townhome, and it happens to be freestanding. It's not connected to anything. So it sounded like there were giants outside my house pounding on all the walls around the house. The problem was um, it's a single-family home, and uh, 
single level as far as the floors. The uh, roof, though, it has um, a higher ceiling in the kitchen that goes over into the living room. And then uh, it drains off that higher roof onto the lower roof. The problem is that the scupper from the upper roof drains onto that lower roof and right very close to that uh, where the drainage is coming from the upper roof, there is an, um, a square air vent. I think that's what those are called. And um, rain apparently came in there because I happened to be in the bathroom at the time and I was cleaning a, a toilet and I thought, well, I'm not a man. I don't miss the toilet. Where are all these drops coming from? And about that time, I felt one on my head. And it was coming out of a vent. Um, there was also um, not a lot, but there was water coming down from a smoke alarm, which I thought was that was pretty dangerous, in the hallway, which was just on the other side of that bathroom wall. And so I need to have somebody that knows how to make a diversion pipe, or I don't know what that would be called, to um, either go over the top or around that. All right. We got a couple things to deal with here on Carolyn's roof drainage, and we will take care of those. Of all things we can't do, we can't stop the clock. Hang tight. Continuing our conversation with Carolyn in Mesa, we've got a roofing issue where it sounds like there's a the roof has multiple levels and one of them drains onto the other and where that drain is isn't high enough to uh, or, or enough water gets in there that it infiltrates down in through some of our roofing penetrations for ventilation. Uh, Carolyn, what type of roof material do you have? It's a foam roof. It's flat and it's foamed. And I have a coating put on it um, once a year. Perfect. Well, not once a year, whenever it's needed. Mm-hmm. It's every, every three, I think. Well, I would, I would reach out to our foam roof expert. They've been doing our foam roofs for over 25 years, DuraFoam. And have them look at ways that they can rechannel that water correctly and get it uh off you know re- redirected and not ponding and splashing to where it's infiltrating uh your, your roof penetrations from ventilation and uh okay thank you yeah, i that, appreciate there's a there's a there's a vent up there that isn't high enough off the roof deck to be above that splash so it's going to be pretty simple to fix, and, and I would depend on a roofer to do it because you want to be able to go back to one person for the water tightness of your entire roof. So give Durafoam a room a call. I know they can certainly get you taken care of. I guess the only, the only reason you would ever want to use anybody else is if that roof is still under warranty from a company that installed it. Then you might want to get in touch with them and see what they'll do about it. But this is fixable. It's very fixable. 
We appreciate the call. Let's continue uh, going through. Um, hmm. I don't have a name, but uh, Cabin and Overguard. We'll oh talk about replacing a deck with a composite wood material. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. Good. How are you? Just fine. Um, well, just like you said, we have a cabin up in Overguard. We inherited it from my parents a few years ago when they passed away. I think the house or the cabin was built in the early 90s or late 80s, maybe. But anyway, the deck around the house, part of it's covered, part of it's not covered, but it's a two-by-six material, and it's seen better days. It's starting to rot, starting to fall apart, and it's just not doing well anymore. So we need to replace it. And what I was thinking about is going back with that, I'm not sure the official word for it, but fake wood. Yep. And, um, you know, find out what the best quality material is for the most reasonable price, I guess. Okay. Are you going to try and do it yourself, or do you want a contractor to do it? Well, we got a buddy who's pretty handy. So okay. we were thinking about buying the material and then having him help us, but that may fall through. So we could do either or. <laughs> well, there's going to be a lot of this is what we call composite uh, material. There's going to be a lot of variables. Uh, I would, if I were you, I'd get to Overguard, Sholo, and I'd take a look at the lumberyards and I'd see which particular brand they carry locally up there that you'd be able to uh, purchase locally. There's probably 20 different brands. Uh, Trex is probably the, the first one and probably the more prominent one. Um, there are others that look more real, that are more expensive. Uh, but go find what's supplied up there. What you might want to do, uh, there's a man in Eager. Uh, his name is Eric Hamblin, uh, Hamblin Building Systems. You could call Eric and see if he has a particular composite material he likes for using up in the White Mountains. The other thing you could do is call a company in Snowflake, Arizona, called All Exterior Custom, and they do uh, siding, decks, uh, downspouts, rain gutters, roofing, call and talk to them and see if they've got a composite they particularly like for the White Mountains. Those would be two places I'd start. Triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie for you. Dave and Mesa is next on the line. Talking water heaters. Good morning, sir. Welcome to the program. Hi, Rosie. I'm first time caller. Listen to your program all the time. Really enjoy it. Thank, um, thank you. I have a I have a mobile home in Mesa, 
And uh, I bought it about five years ago. And uh, before I bought it, they put in a water heater. And I, during the summertime, I have all the hot water naturally from, from the sun. <laughs> but during the wintertime, I have a lot more hot water uh, when I take a shower. Um, but when I put more hot water on, it uh, winds up uh, getting very difficult to take a shower because it's, it's, I don't have the pressure. Any ideas? Now, when you say you don't have the pressure, like the water speed changes, right, right. It, it's it's like uh, I have to, I have to increase the the heat and decrease the 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 cold water. And this is only in one bathroom. In the shower, it's it's the only shower that I have, okay. but I, I don't notice. Any any problems with uh, hot water uh, anywhere else in the house? Like like in the sink in that bathroom, you don't have a problem, right? Okay, and what kind of shower valve is it? Is it a single handle shower valve or two separate handles? Correct. Single valve? No, it's it's a single. Okay, well I'm I'm going to tell you turn the water off to the house and pull the lever off that single lever, remove the trim plate, and uh, go ahead and pull that cartridge out. And start by seeing what you can do to just replace that single lever um, uh, cartridge. Has, 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 it, has it always done this in the five years you've been in the house? Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. That, that's where I would start. Uh, take, take, take a, if you can get a brand name, take a picture of the, of the brand that's there. Uh, take it apart. It's pretty simple. There's usually an Allen wrench screw on the bottom of the lever go ahead and back out that Allen screw pull the lever off then the trim plate comes off it comes off then there's usually you may there may be a a special valve extractor tool you need to buy like central arizona supply or you know even some of the big uh hardware stores carry it as well but get that thing taken apart and and i'm i'm don't have a lot of experience with manufactured homes uh but generally speaking these are pretty universal. Moen, Delta, Price Fister, uh, a lot of them can be interchangeable. But find out the brand and try. If the problem's only in that sink valve, that shower valve, that's where I'd start addressing the problem. Uh, worst case is uh, while you got everything out and apart, uh, go ahead and replace the whole valve. We appreciate the call. Let us know if that works, and if not, we'll uh, you know go to go to phase two in our uh, troubleshooting uh, method. Let's go to Ginny now on a popcorn ceiling. Good morning, and welcome to the program. Oh no, I don't have a pop. Thank you. I don't have a popcorn ceiling. I have a ceiling that had a leak, and so did water damage to the floor, and I. And I need the the ceiling and walls replaced. My question is, um, I've had three bids come out, and um, one of them tests for asbestos, and there were three tests. The test results, there were three tests. Two came back negative, and one came back 0.2. And I guess the legal limit is 0.1. So I'm 0.1 over. Um, 
So my question is, I don't know if it's a legal question or a contractual <laughs> question. Um, is that do I have to have? When when was your house? What, whatever. That, that when was called. your house built? Built. Well, it, it does have asbestos. It was built in '54. Yeah, it does. So everybody in my neighborhood has yeah. it, but everybody just does their own projects and. Uh huh. You know. Well, but, are you? Uh, yeah, whatever. Are you making a homeowner's insurance claim to get this uh, repair done? Well, I thought that I was, but no, now I am not. Because it's not big enough to justify the deductible? Correct. Okay. Well, uh, yes, to be safe, you should get it mitigated. Uh, A home that age needs to be checked for a couple things, uh, lead and asbestos. And... um, I don't know the size of this project, but whenever it comes to uh, fire and smoke and water damage mitigation, we would recommend a company called Kowalski, Jim Kowalski and his brother, Kowalski Construction. I'd give them a ring and see if they couldn't send somebody out and coach you through it step by step. And that's under the restoration category at Rosie on the House. So restoration covers any time you are doing a project to your home in a, re, in a response to some natural disaster, fire, water, flood, etc. So that's, that's the restoration. We are restoring your home back to livable condition. Okay, do we want to jump, jump? Now we're going to run down to Tucson. Welcome, Miss Harriet, to the conversation. Good morning, Harriet. Good morning, everybody. I'm still working on my house. Okay. Uh, my next project that I'm thinking of is I don't have a back, backsplash in the kitchen. What I have is a Formica countertop with like a four to six inch little, uh, it goes up, that's a little bit of a backsplash, but the walls behind that are textured. And I'm thinking of changing the countertops and putting up some tile, uh, you know, a nice backsplash, but okay. what do you do with a textured wall? You just tile right over. Anything will stick to it. Uh, you'll you'll just tile right over it. Yeah, but I mean, do you have to prepare the wall oh, anywhere? Sure. Or get rid of, sand down the texture, or what? Well, the 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 tile contractor, the countertop contractor, will know what he needs to do. But uh, he'll take a look at how the cabinets are mounted and make sure there's room to apply the tile right to the top of the drywall surface. Uh, but they'll they'll anchor a lath to the wall and put a base coat of mud up there and then apply the tile. A lot of it depends on what you're picking as a final tile as well as to what the prep is going to be done. But any any countertop company that comes in to take a look at removing the plastic laminate tops uh, certainly ought to be qualified to consult with you about what solid top you're going to go with, whether it's a solid surface like a quartz or granite, uh, or it's tile. Uh, I'll tell you, Harriet, uh, as a remodeling contractor, doing dozens and dozens of kitchens every single year, the most popular thing we're doing right now is a quartz countertop and then a tile backsplash. Um, The quartz countertop is smoother. uh, It's easier to maintain. There's no grout joints. Um, and then we go with the decorative tile backsplash, and then you need to accommodate. If you're going to do that, 
you ought to have the contractor talk to you about, okay, if we're going to do this, should I consider maybe putting a plug mold underneath the upper cabinets or should I add a receptacle or two while we're doing this? While that's kind of open would be a great time to drop a couple receptacles. Uh, you know, we're using more and more countertop appliances and mixers and blenders and uh, kitchen accessories. Uh, we hardly ever do a home that's more than 15 or 20 years old in this kind of a remodel where we're not adding receptacles in the backsplash. And we're probably running lights to the upper cabinets to light the countertop. We call them under cabinet lights. Uh, those are two things while we're doing countertops and backsplash that we usually consider getting done all at the same time. Miss Harriet, I hope that helps, and good luck. Congratulations on continuing work at your house. Who, who's this homeowner that sent the picture in of the rotted wood beam for her patio? Well, it's just a uh, homeowner who called, and she um, has, you know, just a kind of a traditional Arizona packed porch, concrete with the four-post, you know, the square posts that come. Anyway, she apparently had some termite damage, and she kind of let it go for a while. And so she was wanting to know, you know, what was the, what would she have to do to make it right? So I sent the pictures. She sent me pictures, which really helps. Yes. Because, you know, she said, I think she told me there was a little damage. <laughs> but I think the posts are just about toothpicks now. So, what, Rosie, what was your advice to her? I'm going to post that picture on Facebook so you can see what the well, damage. But I, I don't think it's too extensive. I mean, you know? it's not great, but uh, there's still plenty of structural wood there. And okay. there are great uh, products uh, wood epochs by um, Arbitron is a great one. You okay. mix the two products together, and then you would just start at the bottom and start pushing. You know, wear gloves, yeah, but push that wood epoxy in and fill it up all the way to the top. Let it dry and then sand it level with the existing wood. I mean, you obviously want to get in there first and scrape out anything still that's loose, uh, wire brush. Uh, whatever you can get that all scraped away then put your epoxy wood filler in let it dry sand it flat and then you can repaint it to match the rest of well repaint the entire wood beam i didn't think to ask her i think rosie actually called her did she get rid of the termites yet she it, thinks she has okay it definitely looks like by that picture that they're gone okay all righty so it wasn't hopeless. I thought it looked pretty hopeless. <laughs> I'm glad she sent the pictures. Yeah. A, a part of the dilemma, which we've been talking about it, kind of the, it's a theme of the story that in today's broadcast, how we've upgraded and improved the way we're building. And unfortunately, when that home was built, that post was set directly on top of the concrete patio. And a metal strap was just set down in the footing that came up and bolted the strap to the uh, beam, the post. Anymore, we actually have a metal base plate that we anchor to the footing, and the wood is sitting off the concrete just to discourage termites from doing exactly what this did. So she'd have the option of bringing that up to code while she's fixing it if she wanted, but it, it would require removing that beam and putting in that new uh, uh, code-compliant post footing well, the footing's already the, there but yeah. post base yeah i think she was looking for the least expensive route so romy romy's romy's epoxy yeah. would be Should the least it. expensive and but uh whoever does that for you 
have them take a pocket knife and just stick the pocket knife into what looks like the worst amount of wood and make sure that pocket knife just doesn't sink all the way into it, you know, the whole length of the blade. Yeah. (laughs) It does look like there's sufficient good wood there. Can I do a little follow-up from last week? Sure. Okay. So we had a homeowner call, and she was just being inundated with pack rats. And she had done all the things that we, you know, hear about to do. Right. So putting in, putting in bounced <laughs> dryer sheets or keep – so the pack rat was eating the guts of her car. Right. And so she'd left the hood open. She'd put lights in it. She'd put bounce in it. Uh, she'd set traps. And just nothing they were doing was helping. So we suggested maybe using bait. And we had several people upset about that. Uh-oh. And so I went online and I looked at some more options, and there wasn't, there was some electric, you know, zapper kind of traps. Um, you don't want to just have a heart because they are, they do carry disease. You don't want to just give them to your neighbor. <laughs> and if you set them, and it's dangerous to let them out. I mean, anyway, so. Um, and it's expensive to keep them there. Yeah. I mean, they can do thousands of dollars yes, of damage shooting through hoses yeah, the, and belts. Yeah. And, She's not, you know, $3,000. Yeah. So anyway. I thought yesterday, why don't I ask Curtis Whalen at Blue Sky Pest Control? I love those guys. They love natural things. Um, and so he said that in the beginning, when they first started making baits, that they indeed did cause the, – the issue is if you poison a rat and a bird picks it up, it could indeed kill the bird too. Oh. Or a coyote or whatever picks it up. So that we have come a long way um, – in that, uh, well, for one thing, we have regulation. If you and it's on the usually on the product, but a lot of people don't read the what directions. So anyway, um, it should not be more than a hundred feet from the house. Um, always pick up the dead animals. But now, I mean, Blue Sky uses a product that does not have the poison that kills secondarily. It has zero effect on anything that would eat them. So I would suggest to her. That she called Blue Sky and have it professionally done. It's going to be done according to the product and in a way that's safe to the other critters. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> you know, this, this, this is how we learn, mm-hmm. is by reaching out to the experts we've learned to trust in Arizona over the years, bring the questions we don't have the answers to to them, and then they give us the information we need that we then in turn share with you. That's our role of being every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Wow. Where did that broadcast go? No idea. Here we are wrapping up right now. We haven't even covered one of the things I really wanted to cover today. And that's uh, online shopping and searching security. Uh, you know, we, I can't tell you all the number of calls we get at the office during the week from people who have made a mistake in the contractor they've selected or have made a mistake in their online security, and they're seeking help from us. Uh, Jennifer, you're so good about talking to all those folks on the phone. I love it. You guys <laughs> always can call. You can call us during the week. We love it on Saturdays. Um, and you know, really, in doing this article, it was a little, I, I just hate being the downer person, but there's a lot to think about. So, and we have a lot, of, we still have a gap of people who didn't have to work in this environment where you have constant connection to the internet and email and everything. So, we did do an article, if you want to see it, it's very informative about choosing an internet provider, choosing your email people, 
how to uh, provider and how to how to shop. But just a couple quick tips here at the end of the broadcast. You know, be sure and uh, open up the your, your newsletter and, and read it if you would like more information. But um, one really important thing is if you want an email. <laughs> um, you know, I I have had my provider for so long that I I've only given out my email to several places, and but I promise you, I this month I so I've learned how to clear out my promotional box in my my email to provide it into three slots. Oh yeah, I had four hundred in thirty days, four hundred advertisements, and you know I I don't have time to sit around and delete stuff, you know. But the thing is, a lot of email platforms are free. And guess what you get when you get something for free? You get what you pay for. <laughs> so I found a new one that I'm really enjoying using. I will keep you updated. It's called Start Mail. And it's um, a very secure email. So you pay for it. It's 60 bucks a year, but I promise you it is worth your time and your sanity. Do you know what I get in my email box I've had so long? Oh, man. I get emails about things that I bought five years ago. I get things about emails about things I know nothing about and don't even recognize. I get emails that tell me all the ailments that I could possibly have and what the solutions are. Um, and I get things that I just only thought about. Those are the scary ones. That, that is scary. I didn't search them. How did, they, how did they know that? So be careful when you're choosing your email. But, you know, it's, it's a great thing to have. Also, if you in your email, be really careful what you open. Make sure that you look at the address. Oh, man. You know, the, the subject line is one thing, but what is the address? Does it match? If it's APS, does it say APS in the – that's a real good trick there. They'll, they'll make it look real informal, real um, convincing, and then it's from somebody else. So those are a couple really important things. And, you know, and just, just one more point for all of you uh, that know me. Uh, with the election season coming up, this is the reason y'all want to vote for me <laughs> – to become the dictator of the world. <laughs> because I would dictate that if I haven't given you my phone number, you can't call my house. If I haven't given you my address, you can't mail me junk mail. If I haven't given you my email address, you can't load my email box with a bunch of junk. Well, and they sell your, your address too. So Just, you, And you can spend all your time unsubscribing and guess what? It doesn't help because there's five more right we, behind we it. Need well, to get, we need to get that dictator ballot printed up. And I'm telling you, I would clean a lot of things up really quick. A lot of times when you click to unsubscribe, it just confirms to them that this is somebody's on the other end oh, of this shoot, email Romy, why address. Why didn't you tell me that before? <laughs> so then they know they can go sell this address uh, to you know other data miners. Yeah. Careful, be careful out there. Careful. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Y'all stay tuned. God bless. Have a great week.